Hi everyone, welcome to the lost generation outside of the mainstream. My name is William Hooker. I am a musician, poet, and part of this generation of artists. My goal with this podcast, which is being broadcast on its own YouTube channel and my website, williamhooker.com, is to introduce you to many of the musical artists that are outside of the mainstream and have made important artistic contributions to our culture. I have also interviewed producers of the music and many fans and supporters of this work. My guests are sharing what makes this art form unique and significant. I hope these conversations will inspire you to listen to the music, which may change you and the way you view music, which again is outside of the mainstream. Today, we are interviewing trombonist, composer, and band leader Steve Swell. I hope to be airing new interviews on the first of each month. We are presenting these interviews on our own YouTube channel, and we have so many amazing interviews coming up that you will be hearing in the future. This is The Lost Generation Outside of the Mainstream. This is a story that needs to be told. See you next month. Now uh, we're sitting here with Steve Swell. Yes. Steve Swell. Um, good friend, great musician, thank you, great artist. Thank you. Steve, would you tell them something about yourself um, uh, in encapsulated form? All right. Uh, it's 2017. Um, 62 years old. I was born in uh, Newark, New Jersey. Grew up in Union, New Jersey, and moved to New York, which is not far from where we are now, Manhattan, and uh, moved to New York in 1975. Been a musician ever since then. So uh, always, I wanted to be a musician since I was 15. So, and here I am, 47 years later. And I, you know, no regrets about it at all. I love it. I still love it. Yeah. You know, I get to be with people like you and Barry and Robert too. So it's, it's important. People factor. Steve. Yes. Well, we're going to continue. What do you think is it? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we can get to it. You could be. Now, <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think yeah. is the importance in terms of your particular evolution of the fact that you had parallel careers to be able to deal with um, the music? in the survival aspect of the music mm -hmm. and the world. How, would you, would you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I, I do know that you had a parallel situation, which a lot of people don't have, but... What do you, what do you mean parallel? You're teaching, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm teaching, yeah. Right. That's, yeah. well, I got into teaching to keep myself afloat a little bit and to eliminate day jobs. I'm teaching music, and I've been doing that for about... Uh, almost 20 years. Uh, I got into it because I wanted to make extra money. 
But what I found after just doing it for a very short time, and my first group of kids and students I was dealing with were autistic kids, special needs kids, and I fell in love with them. And even though I have mainstream, mostly mainstream kids now, uh, I still love it, and I feel I'm giving something to them. And it's even—it's not just music; it's beyond music. It's you know, you're a teacher. Or, or, was you, you were you retired, right? And uh, you're teaching them everything from discipline, discipline, how to think on their feet, um, and just how to behave as a person. And I think that all comes into play as, as any kind of teacher. So I still I still like that. I think it's important. Right, right. That helped me to survive and to play yeah. the music that I wanted to play. Yeah. To be really honest with you, I never really had to. Um, I never, I never got into the situation at, at a certain point of whoever pays the piper calls a tune. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I completely, I completely stopped in that vein. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. I mean, I haven't given up my whole career. I, I'm lucky enough. I started. Uh, well, I still am a teaching artist. In other, in other words, you don't. I have a degree, but you don't really need a degree to go into a public school and do that. Uh, but I have always had situations where I said if I'm going away on tour for two weeks, that's been fine. And if it hasn't been, I just don't work for those people anymore and I just find another organization. But the last four or five years I have two, uh, one school and one uh, Brooklyn Conservatory of Music that sends me out to teach in their outreach program. And uh, they've been very flexible. Otherwise I couldn't do it. I hear you. I hear you. I have to be doing the music too. I hear you. What are you trying to achieve musically and personally with, with your statements of music? Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, a large part of it is I, I, I notice uh, getting to know myself better as a person and connecting with myself uh, through this music, through improvisation, and how I am and how I uh, want to be in the world. And I think uh, you, you guys were talking about this with Barry a little bit. And I think um, the, the importance and why this music should be respected is because we are living examples of when we're in a, a duo, even in a solo situation, you still have an audience there. And you're connecting with members. You're, you're an example of uh, uh, how a good democracy good society should work, whether there's a band leader or it's a mutual four or five improvisational uh, situation, you're a good example of how people can work together and do something and create something very special and unique. And um, I'm constantly reminded of that and I, 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 I dwell on that, I love thinking about it, I think it's an important part, aspect of, uh, and, and as I do that I also want to find out about myself and beautiful myself beautiful. as a musician and as a person so I can contribute to that little small society and be that example. Uh, and audiences, you know, audiences audiences love this music. I know I was on a road with Barry and he had somebody come up to him 20 years later and said that he had proposed to, you remember this? Yeah. Proposed to his wife at a gig that I think it was a circle gig? Yeah. And, yeah. Another one told me that they got pregnant, uh, that they conceived it. Well, that, I don't know if you want to go down that road. No, no, I want to go down that road with you. I want to go down the road with you. Like, like how, 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 how do you, how, oh yeah, like, um, just, just in terms of what you're trying to achieve, because many people, 
Many people believe the more out you go, you're not trying to achieve anything. They really do believe that the more out you go, you're just really trying to just, just, just trying to use up all of your energy so that you can just pass out and just, just. <laughs> you get my point? I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I believe that that could be a scapegoat for many people not wanting to listen with the intent yeah. of their. He's telling me something. He's telling me something. Oh. He's sharing. He's sharing his life. With yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I, what I find with audiences also, and, and you know all of the, the people in New York, and you go around to different countries, and you see, you, you, you meet different audience members, and you know you've connected with those people, and they really like what you do. Um, that's that's that, that that's an important thing. You, you, you're 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 giving them some inspiration. You may be sparking them to think about something a little bit differently, or to behave in a different way. Uh, and they go out there fresh, you know, you're kind of clearing away a lot of the, the stuff. Maybe they had a bad work day or they're, they're, you know, you're just alleviating some stress maybe. I mean, it's a lot of things going on. Yeah. You know? And for me as a musician, I, it, it's a lot of factors. I mean, it's not, I mean, I'm also looking as far as you're talking about just playing crazy and passing out. Well, that was an example. No, no, people say that's just... You're just playing and you're not really doing anything, but you're, you're searching. When you're in that environment on stage with, with you know, four or five people, you're, you're searching. You're trying to communicate, trying to, trying to find a different sound to contribute, trying to find some idea, some line. There's a lot of stuff going on, and you're um, relying on this uh, intuitive part of yourself that uh, I think we all share, and it's uh, um, something to tap into that an audience member can tap into, you know, a listener can tap into. People who like this music really love it because of that. They're really attuned to that. That's beautiful you said that. And I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about this one word you just used, intuit. Like, um, how do you feel about this, about this uh, our intuition, as it's related to our being improvisers and, and musicians? I think it's a natural human uh, function. And, I mean, there's a lot of stories. I mean, I, I know George Lewis is writing this book, putting a book of essays together on people uh, who improvise. We improvise every day. Yeah. And that's using our intuition, you know, to cross the street. You know, should I go, should I go now? Should I wait? I don't know, that guy was, you know, whatever. You know, you're, I hear you. I hear you. You're doing it all day long. And, it's, uh, and this is another, the music also is another example of that. I think if we tune into that aspect as a society, Oh yeah, we're improvising. You know, we're, I'm improvising this conversation. Beautiful, you know. And if we all, if people who aren't into this music start to get, you know, oh man, I'm an improviser, just by going to work, driving my car, or being a doctor. There's the famous Lester Bowie quote. You know, who do you want as a surgeon? A, a surgeon who's really familiar with improvising, or one who who's not? You know, you'll take the doctor who's a good improviser, of course. And I think that's also a way to get people to interested in this music. If all of a sudden everybody, you know, the, the truck driver, the taxi driver, they realize they're, imp they're improvising. Mm -hmm. Hey, this music, they're improvising too. Wait a minute. We're doing and at, something. What point, at what point did you actually say to yourself, okay, all right, this improvising is very, very important to my life, and I'm conscious of it. Do you, do you, can you recall a particular part of, of you know, of your day-to-day -day existence that you ask 
so you remember this happening to you? Because I can remember it. I can yeah. remember well, it. I, explicitly. Yeah, well, I, I'm going back to yeah. asking Barry about the first time that this music did something to me. Yeah. I have a specific thing also. Could you tell the well, shit I was hearing Roswell Rudd on, on the radio. There was a WRVR in New York in the 70s. I remember Riverside that. Church. Right? I remember it. And Just Jazz with Ed Beach, I don't know if you remember him. I remember him too. And he would take a, a, a an artist and play their discography in order. And what you know, I never been. I learned a lot of my jazz history listening to him. And one day he had Roswell Rudd, and just like you know, I'd been a trombone player for four or five years, and I loved the trombone, but I was like, you know, I wasn't really, you know, this is what I have to do. But I heard Roswell, and I said, that is another. I mean, sparks just flew. I was yeah. 15, I remember it explicitly. Wow, uh -huh. just went, where did he pull that from, man? I mean, you know, it was just, it was, it was beautiful and amazing. I think it was like uh, wherever June bugs go on uh, live in San Francisco, Archie Shepard. I, I, I know that record. And it's a, yeah, famous record. Uh, man, I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. As far as putting it all together and thinking about it, what why, the wherefores. You just I remember that. that. You just I remember, remember that. That, that, specific, that was the beginning for sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Now, I'm going to ask you like this. I'm going to throw the, because I got this list. It's a partial, partial list okay. along with these cards. Okay. And you saw it. You saw it. Like, like that. <laughs> All right. So, um, let me just ask you, Ronnie Boykins. You don't know anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't All right, then. You're asking uh, personal? No, no. I'm just going to throw a name out. Oh, there. okay. Okay. Then you can tell me something about their music. Okay. All right. I'm not familiar enough with this. Well, some people, if you don't know them, you just say, I, I don't know about that person. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. We're good. Okay. Um, Brian Carrot? Oh, Brian Carrot, yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you tell me something about, about Brian's uh, music, the way he approaches his music? I played with him a few times, I've heard him a few times, and yeah. he's been over to my house, we actually were putting a band together at one point, with, uh, Bobby Sankle. Uh, we'll mention him later, too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what can I say? I don't, I don't know him well enough as a person, but uh, I enjoy his playing. We're, you heard him play? Oh, yeah. You know? him, we played together. You know, a few what times. does he play for, for us? What does he play? Plays vibes. Vibes, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just, it's how do you feel? Yeah, yeah. He's a vibe player. I love who's, vibes. Who's, who's great. I, I like vibes. I do. They, 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 I mean, they, I played with Lionel Hampton for a year. So. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. But All I, right. yeah. No. All right. Um, let's see. Will Connell. Will Connell. Can you tell me something about his music? <sighs> you just open up a hole. Oh, man. That's beautiful. Take your time. Take okay. your time. Um, he was a unique individual and I think a very unique musician and improviser and player. His sound, his tone, his ideas. Um, and he never got to where he could have or, or should have gotten. I mean, he was just a beautiful player and just always supportive and positive. I mean, you always thought you were the greatest. When he, he talked to you about what you were doing, you thought you were the greatest musician. What kind of music did he have? Uh, he was. I'm, I'm sorry. He was an alto player. I remember commitment. <laughs> right. I remember commitment. Right. And I remember playing with him a lot. Yeah. But in terms of like what you saw that he was doing when you would play, 
He just, he just, he just one of those alto players, and, and, and there's a few of them, like uh, like Jamil Mundak and Rob Brown, I really like. They just have a very unique sound. I, I want to call it sort of like just a little bit in the crack somehow. Um, How do you mean? It, it's just not, it's just the, the intonation maybe. They may be working in microtones. I don't know. I mean, we never really specifically discussed that together. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think he was a very original thing. He used to read the New York Times from cover to cover every day. You know? I mean, and, put into, and put it into his music? I, uh, probably, probably. Okay. You know, I mean, that is music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, How would you be able to tell? If the I'm asking myself that question. Oh, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. It's just such a broad range of, of his uh, thinking and, and viewing the world and, yes. and, and always thinking about things, you know, politically and, and musically and socially, what's happening with the scene and, you know, and whatnot. He was a very positive force and uh, ridiculously sad how uh, it came to an end. Not, not John it's, Paul Barrelli. I don't know him personally. Okay. I, I you have cleared up? Okay. okay. Um, let's see. I feel I'm at the Inquisition. Frank Lowe. Frank Lowe. <laughs> yeah, the Inquisition. Oh, snap. Go I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Frank Lowe. Frank Lowe. I know Frank Lowe. Come on, I, I know I know him a little bit. I don't, I don't think I ever played with him. But I knew him, a tenor saxophone player. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Saxophone player. Yeah. Uh, I have one of his early records, Fresh. I remember I bought, before I met him even, I had that record. Um, uh, terrific, fantastic, original Play. saxophone player and improvise. You mentioned Bobby's angle, so we'll yeah. go back to Bobby, because okay. obviously that okay. was how you Yeah, I mean, it's, it's easier for me to talk about people who I've spent more time with. <laughs> right, but, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to throw you like. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, beautiful. Bobby's ankle. Bobby's ankle. Uh -huh. uh, also, he's kind of coming in a little bit alto saxophone player, coming out of the maybe the Jimmy Lyon school a little bit. Uh, fantastic force in Philadelphia for music. Philly. Uh -huh. Yeah, and uh, just a terrific player. Very uh, generous uh, guy in terms of. Uh, his knowledge and what he knows. He's a beautiful writer and composer, too. I was doing it. Would you elaborate on that? Well, yeah. he's got, I mean, he surprised me because uh, he asked me a few years ago to come down and do his uh, Warriors of the Wonderful Sound, which is actually something out of the Lotus Sutra that I wasn't aware of. He's also a uh, uh, Nishiran Shoshu uh, meditator follower, hmm. uh, which I was briefly, but he's been doing it for over 20, 25 years or more. Anyway, his big band writing, uh, just wonderful music. I mean, really uh, kind of elaborate, a little complicated, but the sound and the feeling and the emotions, I mean, very original stuff. Um, so I played on that band a bunch of times. And he uh, also teaches in the prisons for like like 25 or 30 years. Great. Teaching great. private lessons to uh, inmates, mm -hmm. which I just think is an incredible side story. Talk about parallel careers. I mean, that's just. Do you remember Marco Nini? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. What could you say? How how would you how would you differentiate? Let's say Marco's way of looking at playing and Marco's music, mm -hmm. and let's say Bobby. What's the difference between us two? Well, in your mind, oh, man. it's hard to say. I, I I know Marco. I played with him. Uh -huh. um, 
I don't, you know, it's hard to, because I don't know him as well as I know Bobby. I know Bobby has a lot of bebop language in, and I, I, I can hear that that's in Marco's too, yeah. maybe. But I think they also have similar kind of Jimmy Lyons influences. I hear you. With that. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy his playing. I've, I've heard him a bunch of, we played together a few times, maybe a dozen times. I'm going to ask you one more question, okay? Yeah. We'll see what's happening. No trombone players. Huh? No trombone players. William, before you ask, hold on. Maybe harp players. Hi, William. Okay. Harp players? I know Zeno Parkins. Tell me about it. I don't know what that one was. I played it. Did I? I did. I might have. I did. I might have. But I will say this. Yes, please. Zena. Talk about it. Who's the other Parkins? Andrew. Andrew Parkins. And they have, Andrea has a sister named Lisa Parkins. I didn't know that. Who was a, uh, I went back to uh, school to get my bachelor's degree two years ago. And Lisa Parkins was my mentor. You're kidding. Yeah, teacher. This is in like Pittsburgh this, someplace? No, in SUNY, no, they're from Pittsburgh. This was at SUNY in Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was a surprise. Well, that's so at least she knew uh, what I was doing. That's a crew. Yeah, that's a crew. That's a crew. Yeah. You know, um, my question, and my question is this, and you can take it wherever you want to take it. Are we too esoteric and more abstract than people can handle? I don't think so. And if so, if so, and if not, what does that say about the society we're in right now? Oh, God. There's no one answer for that. Uh, I don't think we're too esoteric. I think there's a lot of, I, I know the people I play with, whether we're, even if we get into some insect music or some textural things, I think there's energy in there. And I'm, I'm looking for that and emotion. And uh, as far as people not getting this music, I think they just haven't spent enough time around it. And that's due to a lot of factors like, you know, we're selling more hamburgers than we are <laughs> selling the idea of uh, creating something. Yes, so, and and it's not it's it doesn't have to be this uh, kind of snobbish way. I think people look at art and artists, and and unfortunately there are musicians and artists out there who uh, exemplify that kind of like a little There's bit older than that. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, but I think I've had a lot of experiences where you're playing in the club, Seventy and Zebulon, and there was a couple, I think they were from Spain, actually. Yeah, really and we were playing, and it was all free, mm -hmm. and people were loving it, it was great, it was crowded. And I walked over to get a glass of water at the bar, and this couple, I think they were Italian, I said, we really don't understand this music, but we were seeing everybody else enjoying it, so we were trying extra hard to try to get it. And could you, you know, tell us a little bit more about it? And I thought that was that was amazing. I don't know how many people would, would do that, but that's such an open I, statement. I, yeah, I, I think if you, I think yeah. if you just if we just keep doing what we're doing, uh, I think people will get it eventually. And I think there's a lot of ways to go about it. Uh, there's a, such a hardcore worldwide uh, group of people that love this music, and we know we know who they are, and. Uh, and there's younger people too also coming coming to, to things. Steve, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You opened up a, another door. 
That's what we're doing for each other. You'll open another door because really, I mean, people come at people come at us sometimes and like you know, you know, why you gotta go there? Why you gotta go there? Like that's who I am. Yeah, that's why I gotta go there. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's, not, it's not like you're going any place. Like just you just be. And um, yeah, so so that's why I asked you that question. And that's also a good example of, of being a musician, being an improviser. We're we're just taking everything uh, that that we've learned. I, I actually got this from William years ago. Everything that you've learned is to that here? point. William, is William he Booker's here. here. Is he here? Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no, we're just you know gaining all, all the knowledge we have up to that point, and then we're just we're just we're just we're just sharing it what we have, and we're just being because we've you know I studied, I've listened, I've practiced, I've whatever I've done, and I'm at that now. I just got to be what I am and contribute to the See, to the whole. You're a treasure. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. William. So are you. Thank you, man. And I love your poetry. Thank you with your poetry too. Thank you. Really, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. All right. Thank you for tuning in. In months ahead, you will have the opportunity to hear from many more Lost Generation artists and supporters. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to hear upcoming episodes. <laughs>